0: hello it's the dcm podcast we're back it's 2023 how did that happen i don't know but we're here and on the first podcast of the year i'm going to speak to four different guests not all at the same time that would be a nightmare to edit but i've spoken to all four of the agency business directors here at DCM to find out their hopes for 2023, how 2022 was for them, and to discuss some other things too. I've basically been like a budget Nick Fury, bringing together the business directors who are like the Avengers, but just the less exciting ones. Before I get on to the first interview, a quick overview of cinema so far in 2023. Avatar The Way of Water has been huge around the world, as I'm sure you may well have read, and the UK is no different. It's closing in on 5 million DCM admissions, and there's plenty more to come as this film will run and run till March. Megan if you haven't seen it about the evil AI doll is a major success story the 1634 audience are turning out for fun thriller stroke horror movies in a big way and we saw that last year with smile and some other thriller films and Megan looks on course for 1 million DCM admissions which I think is incredible and that will be a huge percentage of 1634s we're slap bang in the middle of awards season and the Fableman's Tar and the Whale look like being the major awards contenders over the next couple of months. And then as we move into sort of February, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, And then March, we've got some incredible films for a 1634 male audience. Really a great month to reach that audience. We've got Creed 3, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, a brand new original thriller called 65, which if you haven't seen the trailer, it stars Adam Driver as a futuristic human who crash lands on earth 65 million years ago and it's populated by dinosaurs and he's taking on dinosaurs with all these futuristic weapons it's basically the jurassic world film i've always wanted to see and a week after that we've got john wick chapter four so the next few months in cinema are looking great so i'm now joined by louise yule or just lou as she's often known who is business director for group m hi lou how are you
1: i'm very good thank you tom how are you yeah i'm well thanks good so
0: 2022 is done how was it for you
1: 2022 was great um, on so many levels. I mean, from a revenue perspective, um, obviously, we have great results on that side of things. We saw lots of returning brands, lots of new brands coming onto the big screen as well. Um, admissions were really, really strong last year. So we're looking to finish in the region of 117 million, which is obviously a significant increase on 2021. We had some amazing content last year as well. We saw some amazing films. Most importantly, lots and lots of new titles. So over nine hundred uh, new titles, which again is a huge increase on 2021, where we only saw five hundred brand new titles. And obviously, Top Gun was the biggest film of the year. it's now sits in the top ten biggest films of all time at the UK box office. And for me, I have to talk about it. La La Crocodile was my <laughs> film of the year. I know I'm probably on my own in there, but it was brilliant. We love it. We're still obsessed with it. As a family yeah so it was a fantastic year
0: i was not well funnily enough i do know you i was expecting you to say a lot like crocodile but um but yeah i mean we were having a little sing song before we started recording weren't we we were yeah we love a musical so a very thorough summary of 2022 louise
1: there
0: we go on your patch Mm -hmm. what was the big success story in 2022
1: we had multiple successes on Group M, um, so from a brand perspective, we continued working with really huge brands, so the likes of Sky, the likes of E.E. E. They've obviously spent with us historically, but to be working with those guys again in 2022 was fantastic. We've had some new brands on, which was a huge success for us, so we had m on at Christmas. Um, we've had some L'Oreal brands on as well, for example, Men Expert, so that's been fantastic for us, and we've had some returning brands come on, for example, Morrison's was a great Success story for us. I think the real best highlight for me of last year was at the DCM Awards um, where we saw BT. Yes, BT won an award for best use of uh, Cinema Large. Obviously, that's a campaign that I'm really proud of that we worked really closely with Essence on. It's always looked great on the big screen. It's a great example of collaboration between us, the agency, the creative agency, and the client. And For me, the moment that the Essence team got up on that stage last year and picked up that award was the highlight of my year easily. Well done, Essence, and well done, BT.
0: Oh, that's exciting, Lou. Yes. And the DTM Awards is a great night, isn't it? It's a
1: brilliant night, and I can't wait for this year's because it's always so much fun. And just great to see such a variety of work across so many brands. It's brilliant.
0: So you've already mentioned a few of the brands you work with. Uh, What are the challenges that your clients and agencies are telling you they are facing this year?
1: So on my group, we have lots and lots of retailers. um, And I think due to COVID, uh, the biggest challenge that we're hearing about is that because of COVID, a lot of those businesses are having to shift uh, to e-commerce. So in terms of media, that is having a couple of knock-on effects. Obviously, the first of which is that media is having to undergo pretty much a digital transformation. This in turn now means that data is now a really big focus. And the challenge within media is therefore to understand how best to utilise that data. Obviously, when you work with digital, you look at a lot of first party data, but then equally for us as cinema, we're being asked more than ever before uh, for research and data. And I think data is now a really key, key focus for a lot of clients. I think the second challenge that we're hearing about is the media plan itself. So for example, what is the right blend of broad AV uh, advertising versus targeted? Some brands will dial up TV, some brands will dial up digital, but essentially all brands will will want a mix of both. I think what's interesting is that this kind of surge in di- digital advertising has actually grown the market overall because we're seeing brands come on now who might not have come on before because they've got that digital budget but also now they've got an AV budget and therefore a cinema budget so it's a very exciting time right now I think
0: so there's challenges and opportunities
1: 100% huge opportunities for us yeah
0: and so why is the cinema medium still relevant in 2023
1: I think it's relevant right now especially because there's a huge emphasis on holistic video planning. We've always spoken about the fact that our pricing is stagnant, our pricing doesn't change. Obviously at the moment we're seeing huge inflation in TV and we are, we have been saying for a while now we're the 1634 price regulator and that hasn't changed. We also know that that audience is still very, very hard to reach on TV. It is still very much cinema's core audience so that is obviously making cinema more relevant. Um, than ever. Also take into account the fact that it's a quality you know very much brand safe environment um, with a very captive and attentive audience. Obviously last year our research piece was the centre of attention um, and we know that attention metrics have become a real focus for many clients recently. We know cinema performs exceptionally well in that area so a huge opportunity for us yeah.
0: Give me one thing Lou that you'd really like to sell this year that you maybe haven't done in the past.
1: It would easily be the horror package. So this year we're going to be packaging up a lot of the, the biggest horror films, so you'll be able to buy a horror gold package. We know that horror's had a massive resurgence in recent years. Um, we've seen a substantial increase in horror admissions in the last few years. It does well for young audiences, especially 1624s. Um, so I'm really excited about selling that and I think it's, you know today, right now, is a really good time to be talking about this. Megan has obviously just been released. It's had a really good release. I know it's done 250 50,000 admissions over the weekend. We've still got some really killer horror titles. Killer, get that? (laughs) Titles to come out across the rest of the year. We've got Scream 6 out on the 10th of March. Evil Dead Rise on the 21st of April, The Exorcist on the 13th of October, and Saw 10 also in October. So a lot of really huge titles that will do well for a young audience, and I would love to sell that.
0: It's kind of slept on, isn't it, the horror genre? 100%. You know, in terms of 1624s and 1634s, it's probably the strongest genre, isn't it?
1: It is easily the the strongest genre and we've got a lot of really good information, a lot of good stats on the admissions and the profile of the audience for horror. So I'm excited to get that out in front of as many clients and agencies as possible.
0: And the audience sitting down for those films are probably more excited than any audience we have, aren't they? You know, they're just, you know, the horror fans are so loyal and they love that genre. And I mean, I won't watch any of them because I get scared. But, um, Me too. <laughs> but, you know, they've, they've turned out for Megan. They're going to turn out for probably Cocaine Bear next month. And as you said, Scream and a whole host of titles in H1. And then we've got a few already in H2. What are your hopes for 2023, Lou?
1: My hopes for 2023 are that we will significantly grow our brand count. I think given what we know now about more brand spending in the market, it feels like there's a big opportunity to get lots and lots of new brands onto the big screen and also to create lots of award-winning work. Obviously, I've spoken about the DCM Awards and that was a real highlight for me. So my personal hope is to see Group M sweep the board at the DCM Awards <laughs> this year. <laughs> it's a bit, bit greedy. But... No, it's not.
0: so (laughs) let's talk about the films then you've already mentioned la la crocodile let's talk about family films and films for that main shopper with kids audience what are you looking forward to in 2023
1: the first one that comes to mind is Mummy. So uh, we were lucky enough to go to Cine Europe uh, last year, which, if you haven't been, is an incredible event. And it's so great to see the the presentations by all the distributors. And I remember them showing us some of the footage from Mummies, uh, which is out on the 31st of March. And that looks fantastic. I will no doubt be seeing that. Super Mario Brothers, which is out on the 7th of April. We've got a lot of excited people in the office yeah, here. Yeah, a lot of excited Very people. Very excited people. Um that looks fantastic. Little Mermaid, which is out on the 26th of May, I would say at the moment that's the film that most of my agencies are asking us about. There's a lot of interest in that. That looks fantastic. And when we do trailer sessions with agencies, this is the film that's getting the most interest and the most excitement at the moment.
0: People genuinely love The Little Mermaid, don't they? You know, Definitely. I mean, I went to cinema to see it when it probably 1989, 1990. Even, I still sing Under the Sea regularly.
1: <laughs> I'd like to hear that.
0: Well... <laughs> <laughs> Off mic, we will. We'll, I'll give you a sneak peek. Great! What other films are you looking forward to aside from that audience?
1: Spider Verse. I
0: knew that. I Everyone knows I am a
1: huge Spider Man fan, um, and to see that, I am very excited about. First one was brilliant. The animation was fantastic. I, I think it was nominated for best animated film of all time.
0: It won best animated o- the best animated film Oscar, and then Empire Magazine voted it the best animated film of all time.
1: Yeah, I, and I can see why. And yeah, very excited to see that film.
0: Yeah, it looks great, doesn't it?
1: It looks fantastic.
0: Thanks for joining me, Lou.
1: Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me.
0: So I'm joined by Barney Gibson, who is business director
2: on Omnicom. Hi, Barney. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, not bad. Good. How are you feeling about podcasting? Um, this is my first podcast, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. An exciting, momentous day in the life of Barney Gibson. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, it's exciting to be doing it with you, at
0: least. Thanks very uh, the much. Pod- podcast expert. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on swiftly
2: from that. So how was 2022, Barney? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was a really good year for us in terms of growth and getting back to normality. I think it was the first full year that I've, we've had back since COVID where... Everything's felt like it was before, without any interruptions. And it's been really kind of humbling, uh, working with our agencies and clients to kind of get stuff back where it was before COVID. And it's also been really great to see the DCM team grow over the last year massively um, with lots of fresh new energy and faces. We needed some of that, didn't we? (laughs) We definitely did, yeah. Although it's made me start to feel really old because everyone is very young. Um, But it's created a bit of a buzz in the office. Genuinely. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice to have a new injection of energy and lots of different ways of thinking. So, yeah, that's been really exciting. On your patch, the Omnicom, yeah. Patch, what was your big success story in 2022? Or can you narrow it down to just one? There's so many, Tom. There's so <laughs> many. It's just success after success. <laughs> success after success. If I can, I'm maybe not just going to go with one client because I think I'll get in trouble with my agencies. <laughs> but I think for me personally at DCM in the last year, my success story has been working on the Bros partnership that we did. So for those of you who don't know, we did a partnership with Bros, which is an LGBTQ rom-com um, we worked with Universal Pictures to kind of get the cast to introduce it and then we wanted brands that really celebrated that community to um, have a special reel in the build-up to the film so that was really exciting for me. That was an amazing achievement as well. Thank you yeah I'm really proud of it and obviously there's lots of brands involved with that so that means I don't have to name one. <laughs> Very <laughs> diplomatic. What challenges are your clients telling you they're facing in 2023? it's really varied to be honest i think obviously every business is individual but agencies have been really good at kind of opening up to us about those challenges which is really really useful for us to kind of help address them i think a good example of that and by certainly not the only example omd did a really good panel in q4 last year where they got the sort of marketing director and the the lead planner from the likes of PepsiCo and McDonald's and Barclays, and had a panel where they talked about their challenges, what they kind of predict for the upcoming year, um, how they're kind of facing as a business potentially tough economic climates, um, and how that affects their media plans. So for me, that was a really, really useful session. And what were some of the outcomes from that? A lot of the themes were really similar. Um, Obviously, they all have their own individual challenges, but a lot of them talked about the need for not stifling creativity, the need to shout in this kind of climate uh, and get cut through, continue spending, which was really nice to hear, and the importance of of brand equity as well, which is, is obviously where we can really help in terms of building brands. Another thing they talked about was obviously how potentially tough economic climate. Um, It's hitting everyone's bottom lines. And so there's more scrutiny than ever on media prices. Um, So that's something that we've been reviewing with our agencies and working with them on. Um, And again, a lot of clients are turning to cinema because they're sort of seeing a lot of inflation across the rest of the market, which is good news for us. What are your hopes for 2023? For me, cinema is all about entertaining audiences. And I think sometimes we forget to bear that in mind when we're sort of working with brands. And so for me, now that we've kind of got all of our key advertisers back on. I want brands to kind of have a bit more fun with cinema and and play into helping entertainers audiences. So um, obviously they've got their core brand messages to land, but working with us to kind of develop content and look at unique ways of talking to people in a, a contextual way. I think we've got them the all back on, they're all spending regularly. How can we elevate someone's cinema campaign? That's kind of my hopes for next year is working really closely with those clients that we've already got back to improve their cinema plan from twenty twenty two to make it even better for twenty twenty-three. And why is cinema still relevant in twenty twenty three? I just don't think you can really beat the content that we have in cinema. Um I think the content and the environment are so unique, even with the likes of Netflix kind of entering the market. I just don't think that the content really stacks up versus what we have. Because as far as I'm aware at the moment you can't advertised specifically by film on Netflix, whereas obviously you can in cinema. So I think that's where we can really play into our strengths and help brands connect with audiences directly by partnering with films.
0: So let's talk specifically about the films, Barney. So I'm gonna ask you what films you're most looking forward to for a specific audience, and we'll go with 1634s, which is uh, our key audience, cinema's key audience. And then we'll just talk more broadly about what films you're looking forward to. Okay.
2: I really hate this question because because you're looking forward to so many films. That's why. A because I'm looking forward to so many films, but also like I think at DCM, people I have a bit of a less refined palate than maybe some (laughs) other people at DCM. and so like whenever I uh, get asked this question, my answers are always a little more basic than a lot of people's. But for me, I'm really excited about the summer in general. Um, I think it's a really loaded, great slate. And I'd say two films, if I can pick two. You can have as many as you want. I would say, and they're actually out a week from each other, I think. uh, Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning and Barbie. Um, Two very different films, (laughs) but for different reasons. I'm really excited to see them, I think. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. We were really lucky to go to Cine Europe last year. And Tom Cruise came out on stage to sort of thank the industry for the success of Maverick. Um, and he showed some exclusive clips from that and that was kind of sort of seven or eight months ago now so I've been kind of gagging to see more and as the trailers have been released, it's been really exciting. I was also a really big fan of uh, Fallout as well, which was the previous Mission Impossible. Um, I just think they're good fun films. They're great fun, aren't they? just like can't get any better than that as a blockbuster i don't think just lots of action and um, explosions and tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) what more do you want exactly um and then the second film i'm looking forward to um is barbie i just think it's going to be this year's surprise hit i think we haven't seen much of it but it's caused such a buzz already even that little teaser trailer a lot of people were sort of texting about it. It was all over Twitter. I think looking at that cast and the director. So it's Greta Gerwig. Yes, Greta Gerwig. She's and directing and it stars Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and Will Ferrell. I just think that combination of people in my head doesn't make sense because they're just all from different film worlds. But I just can't wait to see what happens when it comes together. The teaser's super fun as well. Yeah, and I mean, who doesn't like Barbie? And that would be great for 1634 women throughout the summer, won't it? And men, Tom. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not from an audience perspective. <laughs> but the core audience, you would say, would be 1634 The, core, the core audience will be 1634 women, um, obviously from a nostalgia point of view. Like, a lot of girls grew up with Barbie. But I think that it will attract a secondary audience. Yeah, because I think it's going to attract a lot of people. I think the cast, like, alone is a big enough draw. Um, And I'm really excited to sort of see how... It's very it's apparently supposed to be very self-referential and meta, and I'm just kind of excited to sort of see how they play around with that. I don't think it's going to be a straight-up toy adaptation. I think it's going to be really exciting.
0: Well, we've seen that with a lot of toy adaptations, haven't we? Like Leg- the Lego Movie
2: wasn't just a straight-up toy adaptation Indeed. either, was
0: it? So, is there one thing that you'd really like to sell
2: this year? I think for me, I'd really like to sell more family content and partnerships that go alongside that. I think some of our biggest and best films are family films. And I don't think enough brands tap into that space, particularly like uh, viewing within a household these days as quite fragmented. And it's quite rare for a brand to have an opportunity to talk to the whole family in one go. Um, and I'd really like to see brands embrace that um, and own family moments more. So I think there's a lot of potential exciting opportunities there. So that's something that I really want to push.
0: And we've got some really good family films this year. I mean, Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, which is doing brilliantly in the US, is opening in February. I think that looks so funny. I'm looking forward to that. And then Mario, Super Mario, uh, Easter. We've got a new Pixar in the summer in Elemental. Trolls 3. Trolls 3. Yeah, who doesn't love the Trolls? There's a brand new Disney animation at Christmas called Wish. We've got a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animation in the middle of summer. It's all going There's plenty for that audience, is it? Yeah, that's a great shout, Barney. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for joining me, Barney. Thank you. So now I'm joined by Alex Brooks, who's business director for Havas
3: IPG in the Independence. Hi, Alex. Morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Privileged to be here. Your first time on the DCM podcast? It, it certainly is, yeah. First time here. So thanks for the invite.
0: Anytime, Alex, Anytime. So how was 2022 for you?
3: Do you know what? 2022 was great. I feel like it was a really strong year for cinema. The narrative very much changed. So I think when we came back in 2021, the story to market was very much we're back. And it was just trying to speak to agencies, planners and buyers and clients to let them know that cinema's back and remind them who we are. But 2022, we very much went into growth mode. It was foot on the gas, full steam ahead, and, and it was a cracking year. I mean, the box office in the UK doubled year on year. And for DCM, I mean, we had a nice problem. We had to shut our Q4 and our Christmas reels in in November. So it was a nice problem to have. And also, it was Tom Cruise's best year. It's his biggest year in cinema. Are you a um, big Tom Cruise fan? I, do you know what? Pre-pandemic, I we sort of sitting on the fence, but seeing what he does for our industry over the last two or three years, I am now a massive Tom Cruise fan. He really is a true movie icon.
0: And on your patch, what was the big success story in 2022?
3: So I think it has to be, without a shadow of a doubt, Kia so for those of you that don't know Kia are the resident independent gold spot partner um, sponsoring the independent and boutique estate here at DCM and also to deepen their partnership their association and the ownership of independent cinema here in the UK they are also partners of the Picture House members of They're also partners of the Picturehouse podcast and they're also partners of Picturehouse Outdoor. So um, it was fantastic working with the guys at Havas and Jump. It was fantastic working with the guys at Kia. Great to work with the team here at DCM. So the sales team and the DCM Studios team. It's been a lot of hard work from all parties, but it's been really rewarding. And we're looking forward to to what the future might hold with the the Kia and, and DCM and independent cinema partnership.
0: So what are your hopes for 2023, Alex?
3: Where do I start? So, well, on the on the topic of Tom Cruise, um, I hope that Tom Cruise continues to post all these crazy videos that he's been posting recently for his upcoming film Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. We've seen him um, jump out of planes. I think he did over five hundred sky jumps to to practice for the for, for, for the new Mission Impossible film. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think something bonkers like thirteen thousand jumps on his motorcycle. Yeah, which he ends crazy up like that. Jumping yeah. off the cliff. Um, on a personal level, I hope to be able to to, to actually go to some parent and baby screenings at, at Picture House. I've never been able to go before. Because You're now, a new father, aren't you? I am indeed. Yes. Yeah. So now I'll be able to take my little daughter Ruby to to some parent and baby screenings. And then, I guess for on our on the client-facing side and for our agencies, I'm really looking forward to working closely with them and even more closely in 2023, and just helping them um, working on their AV schedules and getting cinema added on to those AV schedules. I mean, we're in a very different AV landscape to what we were two, five, ten years ago. So it's a a really interesting story that we've got at the moment that we're taking to market. And what challenges are your clients telling you they're facing? Do you know what? I'm glad you asked, Tom. So I feel the common challenge that we're hearing all around the market it won't just be DCM it will be all media owners out there is that marketing budgets are cut and in some cases slashed for 2023 but it all makes sense I mean we're in a economic downturn out there at the moment there's a potential recession pending there's a cost of living crisis going on of course there's climate change and I think sustainability will will play an important role and really influence marketing plans moving forward but on the recession front cinema has proven it is a safe arena to play in and cinema f- thrived in the last recession. So back in 2008, 2009, it was a really good time to advertise on cinema. Admissions were, were, on, were on the incline. So it, it just really does show that when there's hard times out there, cinema acts as a, as a route of escapism and a really affordable option. And what is one thing you'd really like to sell this year or really like to do for your clients? So number one i'd like to get kia to to come back for year two and continue the the independent cinema partnership that'll be that'll be fantastic um, other than that, I think there, there's a couple of partnerships that we that we really need to tap into. So one, we've now got the opportunity to uh, work even closer with Curzon. It's a media first, um, and there's there's a there's an opportunity for a brand out there to come on board and be the Curzon membership partner. So I think that's really exciting. And there's a there's a buzzword is in there as well, isn't there, for for all the the agency planners and buyers listening? It's it's a media first. And I guess another partnership as well that um, we're working we're working on at the moment is the the Picture house Baby um, Big, Big Scream, which is the the the, the baby screening and the, and the toddler time. We haven't Big sold Big Scream. It. Just Big Scream. Yeah, yeah lots of screams name. going good, on. Absolutely, that's a good name. Isn't it? So we haven't actually sold that in the post-pandemic era. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to selling some of these opportunities for our exhibition partners out there.
0: We'll talk briefly about the films. What are you looking forward to? personally and what films are you looking forward to specifically for abc1 adults
3: so tom personally i know it's like marmite but for me i can't wait for far sex that comes out in may lots of people think I'm bonkers that I still like the franchise I know the films get even more crazy as they go on but I'm really excited and over the years it's actually proven to be one of these franchises that when a sequel is released the audience returns and if not the audience returns even higher than the previous but you you don't often see that with sequels so on the on the ABC1 front, very much looking forward to Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer that comes out in the summer. I mean, it's an absolute star-studded cast. Just some of the names I can think of off the top of my head. Robert Downey Jr., Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt. Uh, and then l- looking, looking ahead at Q4. So one of the films, one of the, the nice surprises for me of 2021 was Dune. And when Dune came onto the schedule, I'm not... Historically, or typically, a a massive sci fi fan, so I wasn't overly excited for it, but wow, it was my Number two film of the year, number one being No Time to Die, of course. Not Fast and 9? No, no, that would be number three. Okay, I've done myself a bit there. <laughs> but um, no, very, very, very much looking forward to Danny Villeneuve's Dune 2 that comes out again. I mean, Timothy Chalamet seems to be in, in everything at the moment. Obviously, he's in Wonka that comes out later on in December as well. But um, two new stars that are also added to the cast that I'm really excited about, of course, are uh, uh, Florence Pugh um, and Austin Butler. So, um, yeah, who was in Elvis? It, yeah, indeed. So, so um, yeah, they seem like two of the the hottest properties in Hollywood. And I guess, I mean, on the theme of Tom Cruise from this podcast, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, it's going to perform incredibly well with the with the ABC One adults out there. So, and he's he's never been more popular after Top Gun: Maverick, has he? He certainly hasn't. Arguably, since Cocktail. <laughs> no, well, t- to be fair, I I'd be surprised if Mission Impossible. Did the numbers that we've seen Top Gun Maverick do this year, but who knows? It's a Tom Cruise effect.
0: And it should be the biggest film in the series, I think, as well.
3: Yeah, and then Dead Reckoning Part 2 to look forward to in in 2024. 2024, Gosh,
0: nearly said 2023, but that's where we are. Thanks for joining me, Alex.
3: Thanks for having me, Tom.
0: I'm joined by Mike Freeman, who is business director on Publicis and Dentsu and the Seven Stars. Hi, Mike. Hi, Tom. This isn't your first time on the DCM podcast, is it? Second surprised welcome back you're gonna be better this time i bloody hope so (laughs) um how
4: was 2022 for you 2022 was amazing to be honest I i was chatting to davina my boss saying that 2021 from a dcm perspective was probably the best year i've ever sort of had at the company but i think 2022 surpassed that sold out again in q4 and was hot in terms of demand so yeah it was super busy but that's what you want when you're in sales sounds good also on your patch What was
0: your big success story in 2022, if you had to choose just one?
4: I think our biggest success was probably Disney. So Disney walked away with the Grand Prix uh, at the DCM Awards. Uh, They're in our top five spenders. They're a great team down there at Publicis, doing really good work in terms of planning perspective. And I think they've just they've seen the value of cinema and we're on every AV plan, which is kind of what we're aiming for with every advertiser. So
0: you say Disney, that's a big company. Is is there one specific arm of Disney that has been a real
4: success story? So yeah, 2022, it was it was the SVOD, Disney Plus service. So I think they saw there was a massive link between SVOD users and cinema goers, the content cravers, the people that want the best content, whether that's at home or in cinema. So this year, I think it's a targeting to get all the Disney parks on and stuff. So we're, the wheels are in motion for that.
0: And it's always worth reiterating that Streaming platforms are some of the biggest spenders on cinema. Yeah, they all, really see the value yeah, of it. All
4: of them. Well, if we're counting sort of Sky, um, ITV, X, BBC as well, they're they're one of our biggest categories, along with you know motors, tech, the usual ones. But yeah, they've grown massively since we've come back from COVID than what they were before. And what are your hopes for 2023? Looking ahead, I think 2023 consolidation sounds negative almost when you're in sales, but it will be a little bit because we we grew so much last year, grew so much the year before in terms of bounce back from COVID. Um, It's not going to see that level of growth, but obviously sales, you're always expecting growth. There will be some, but I think it will be a bit of consolidation and making sure that we're doing amazing partnerships, continuing to do great work for for, um, our advertisers. And I think getting more partnerships with our cinemas, um so that's our multiplexes but also our independents so we've done some great stuff with pitch house this year they've been really busy lots of partnerships off the ground obviously kia is a, is the big one in terms of 2023 what is one is there one partnership you'd really love to sell this year that you've never sold before or something that you'd really like to get on screen I f- I, what i'm hearing a lot from advertisers not all of them but some of them likes of you know some motor brands is that they really want to premiumise further their brand and they want to buy in the best media. Obviously, cinema sits within that category. And one partnership that is new this year, uh, that's never been done before, is Curzon Members. So one of our most prestigious cinemas on our estate. Super high AB audience, a bit older, household income above 70 grand, skews massively in favour of that. And they've got a partnership all about engaging their members who are film lovers aficionados so this isn't you know just your blockbusters they're going to see they're going to see art house stuff and It's a, it's a 360 degree, degree partnership. You get out of home. you get CRM. You get social you get events So I think it's a chance to engage With that audience uh, in a really premium environment to a premium audience
0: and Curzon not just London-based, are they? They're all around the country, aren't yeah, they? Yeah,
4: they're, they're national and and they're growing. Uh, when Steve Davis, our exhibition director, talks about Curzon, he's always talking about their growth plans, opening up new cinemas, it seems like, every couple of months. So they're growing. Yeah,
0: it's worth reiterating that, isn't it, that cinemas are still launching new sites. I mean, Curzon opened a quite a prestigious new one in Camden last year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But I know that Curzon have got cinemas... U- UK-wide. Yeah, U- UK-wide, so yeah, it's a good partnership, isn't it? Yeah. Why is the
4: cinema medium still relevant in 2023? So cinema really sits obviously in a massively unique space. We've had a great bounce back since COVID. But what our research focused on last year, to great effect and was really well received, was attention. And we've talked about attention as being the Holy Grail within media. There's been a bit of a kind of spat within the academic world of, of media uh, where Byron Sharp talked about what is the value of attention. And I think he was kind of roundly rebutted in terms of, of course, attention matters and it and it matters to brands and it leads to different effect and different brand attribution and all that sort of thing. And our research basically showed that attention is better and longer on cinema than all other channels, which we kind of knew, but it was important to prove that. And Denso have done a lot of work on the value of attention and so have a lot of other agencies. And I think increasingly this is being worked into media planning more and more because not all impacts are equal we've we've known that for a long time but this is the kind of first step within measuring what attention is and kind of having metrics which are transferable so we all understand it but also what is the value of that attention and why should you pay more you said
0: we've conducted some research that was
4: with lumen Uh, If someone listening to this wants to read about that, where can they read about it? It's all on our website. So honestly, I I recommend our website to anyone looking at cinema media, whether you're interested in the film aspect or the advertising aspect. So it's all on there. I think we are developing some short videos, which we know, two-minute pieces explaining that attention piece. And they'll be on our website as well. That'll be on our website. Obviously, Lumen, world-renowned attention specialist, done a lot of work with Dentsu. And what challenges
0: are your clients telling you they're facing this year?
4: The consistent theme I'm hearing from agencies is around inflation, um, particularly around the AV market. Price inflation. Price inflation. Exactly right. And this is mainly due to falling impacts rather than falling demand, and obviously the mechanic works. If if the supply goes down, the price goes up. Uh, and And that's on TV? That is mainly on TV. And that's been consistent for the last couple of years where we've just seen rapid inflation and what we're saying to agencies is, cinema hasn't barely increased our prices for the last five, ten years. To be honest, so we are much cheaper compared to what we used to be five, ten years ago. And particularly for six and thirty fours, we've talked about six and thirty fours a lot in the last few years, and how much they love cinema and love cinema advertising. But they are super cost effective. And we heard from the head of AV from a big media agency came in, talked about 1634s and the challenge around that audience. But one nugget of information, which I wasn't aware of until then, is the challenge about house inflation around house um, housepersons and kids and how that those impacts are falling as well. So I think we'll, we'll talk about that a lot to agencies, how you can use cinema and the media mix to inflation-proof, to some extent, your media plans. And it's landing really well with agencies. Let's talk about the films. We've obviously got a number of Great films for the
0: 16th 84s, for the main shopper with kids uh, which you've already mentioned um, what are you looking forward to and what you're looking forward to we'll talk about a specific audience for so the older
4: 45 plus audience because they're coming back to the cinema a lot as well at the moment I think for the 45 plus I think they'll be really interested in Oppenheimer which is Christopher Nolan which I wouldn't say is his natural heartland the 45 plus yeah no but yeah, I think good, in terms of the point. historical context Oppenheimer obviously I think from a UK basis anyway we probably don't know much about him as a character or the development of that weapon We've, I've seen the trailer saw it in IMAX after Avatar it looks incredible obviously it is a IMAX worthy film sound visual effect so I think it will skew more heavily 45 plus for that film than a Christopher Nolan film normally would so that's Oppenheimer it's in cinemas on the 21st of July it's about J. Robert
0: oppenheimer part of the manhattan project who developed the atom bomb this is christopher nolan's follow-up to tenet it's going to be intelligent smart blockbuster filmmaking isn't it with an incredible cast i mean killian murphy emily blunt robert downey jr florence Pugh, matt
4: damon uh rami malek kenneth Branner, everyone's in it and we were looking at this film because i think initially the visuals were black and white yeah whereas the trailer obviously wasn't and I don't know whether he's gonna do something clever with that around initially it being black and white and it, you know, the colour sort of coming, like The Secret Garden sort of did the sort of uh, the original Secret Garden. Or The Wizard of Oz. So whether he's gonna do something clever with that, because I know we always talk about sound with yeah. Christopher Nolan, whether he's gonna play around with that. He's today. gonna do something smart. And what else are you looking forward to? Just brought more broadly. So there's two films. One, so I've got kids, I've got a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. I think Super Mario looks absolutely incredible visually knock out, but also just funny. I yeah. thought the, the trailers they've released have been genuinely laugh out loud funny. And it looks like that will reach all
0: audiences, doesn't it? Fans of the game who've been fans of the game since the eighties and then kids who just love something fun, colorful and cute.
4: Uh, it's probably the the most recognizable f- character from the gaming world that lives on and on and on
0: yeah the biggest selling
4: video game franchise of all time yeah and we saw the success with sonic yep. Um uncharted so there is obviously appetite for gaming movies again and i think it will appeal for you know young ads who are f- fans of the game but also it will be huge for families in that march and into into Easter, so uh, end of March into Easter. So really looking forward to that. But I think for me, that's more for my kids and, and sort of family. But for me, it's June part two, which will probably play well with that forty five plus audience as well. It, yeah. Well, and to be honest, that was my film of twenty twenty one, and I was so sad when it finished. It just the the world that Denny Villeneuve has created in June is is just like nothing I've ever seen. Actually, it's it's kind of It takes Star Wars, but I think it goes beyond that and imagines new creatures, new worlds. I think the character development was was really well played out alongside that, so it wasn't just that visual bonanza. So that's obviously in November, our probably most sought-after period of time. Demand is so hot at that time but we'll do two to three million admissions, I'm sure, on our estate. Yeah, and that's the first Friday in November, uh, so that's a, a great release date, as you said. Some good films there, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great year, and I, uh, we've talked obviously a lot about this year, Tom, but I think the the big thing about this year, compared to last year perhaps, is, is the consistency of it. Every month we've got a significant blockbuster, there's a lot of concentration in the summer, so summer we've got, three or four blockbusters every month but it's much more consistent so that's why we're pretty confident about admissions this year being being up on last year and returning to sort of near pre-pandemic levels thanks for joining me mike thanks tom
0: so that's all for the business directors here in london we've spoken to to find out their hopes for 2023 we're confident it's going to be another great year for cinema there's plenty of amazing content on the big screen and the DCM podcast is going to be back every month this year so Join me next month when I'll have another fascinating guest. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.